the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. You the moves. You might not be an A, but you are a B Plus. Check it out. Here we go. You want to mess with us? All right, ladies, gents, and non-binary friends, welcome to another B Plus podcast. I'm your host, Greg Unchained. Today is Friday. You know what that means. It's Aussie Graps Day. Uh, but I've already put out an Aussie Graps podcast, and, and this this particular Aussie Graps interview with uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Matty Warburg. I think that's someone else, the man, the myth, the legend. Anyway, Matty Warburg, the 21st century success story, the natural-born athlete. You'll hear me do all of the all of the monikers later when I do his introduction for the interview. Uh, this was supposed to come out last week. I've been uh, going through some stuff. You know, people that follow me on social media know this. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not exactly a closed person. I'm not really a private person. I, I, I put it all out there. And uh, you know, I, I do suffer from mental health issues. And uh, I've been going through some stuff. And uh, I'm, I've, I've sort of done the work. I've, I've done some. I've, I've had a week or two of self care. I've gone and and uh, gotten back on a mental health plan and. You know, I'm, I'm sort of starting to come out the other side. I'm still having days where, I've, I mean, today I was supposed to do a lot more work than I did, and I, I kind of just sat around watching Orange is the New Black. But that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes you need that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, this is a, a very special Aussie Graps episode, is what I'm trying to say. It's a very different Aussie Graps episode. Basically, this is the Matty fucking Wahlberg show. Uh, so joining me uh, to 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 do this wonderful, spectacular Matty fucking Wahlberg show, big boy Mikey. How are you, brother? Buddy, I I am alive. Um, it's been a while since we talked. It, it has been a while. Um, whilst you've been uh, dealing with some mental health issues, I've been dealing with physical health issues and freaking coughing up lungs and almost dying with bloody pneumonia and shit. But had a miss bloody PWA last week, which sucked but like sucked as all hell but um no look I'm back to 100% um yeah but excited for this podcast this is probably the most excited I've been for a podcast in a long time yeah man uh I I, I get that because you want to know something uh while I've been going through some stuff uh something that has actually really helped me through uh is is discovering a new fandom uh so I'm not a survivor guy. I've, I've never watched survivor. My parents used to watch it on TV when I was a kid. Like that's how long survivor's been around. Survivor's been around for like 20 plus years at this point. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is season six of Australian survivor, but the U S one's being, I think 30 seasons or something like something ridiculous like that. And I know, I know Johnny impact slash John Morrison slash Johnny nitro slash Johnny, Johnny something. I know he's been on survivor on the American survivor. Uh, and now we have our own wrestler on Australian Survivor, Maddie fucking Wahlberg. He's not the only one. Harry Avalon of EPW fame is he's the ice cream man on on this season of uh, Champions vs Contenders Australian Survivor. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk all about Survivor, and yeah, it's it's sort of helped me through, man. I, you know what I did uh, as well the other day when I was having a, I was supposed to be working, but I was like, you know what, I'm gonna lay in bed and listen to podcasts. And, uh, and and let the kids, you know, uh, play games and stuff around me and climb all over me. I, I listened to, like, an entire week's worth of Survivor podcasts. Like, everyone else... that You know, there's, like, a million Survivor podcasts out there? Um, so I listened to everyone else break it down, and I realized, I know nothing about this game, and it's brilliant. Wait, wait, wait. Is this a Survivor pod... Oh, I thought this was a Bachelor podcast. Oh, sorry. Oh, come on. No, no, I'm joking. Oh, I'm joking. Gross. <laughs> gross. I saw your tweets, man. Are you actually watching this fucking Bachelor? 
uh, well, I'm missing tonight to record this cast, but uh, I did watch last night. It was the ads. There was about a thousand ads that it sucked me in. The ads were the worst part of Survivor. The ads, like, the, I went in thinking I'm not going to enjoy Survivor at all. I'm just watching this for Maddie Wahlberg. Uh, and I got hooked but like episode one, like straight away, I was hooked. I was like, oh, wow, this is really fucking, this is well put together. Like I'm enjoying this. I, I can see where their story's gone. They're building a feud between Maddie and Luke. And and like, I, I'm digging it. I'm really digging it. And then the the one thing throughout the week. So Maddie Wahlberg was on our TV uh, six out of seven days this week. Let's just touch on that. Yeah, right. right. Because yeah. Survivor was on five of the seven days this week. It was on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. And then on Saturday, PWA live on Overplay Call to Arms uh, 12th anniversary took place. And so Maddie Wahlberg was there as well doing the beer pong, throwing the beer pong. What's up with that? Yeah. He's too big of a star for beer pong now. But yeah, yeah, and and so it's it's been a real Maddie Wahlberg week. But those Bachelor ads are the worst part (laughs) of watching Survivor. (laughs) I'm an astrophysicist. Hi, I'm a Gemini. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh my god! Look, I'm an astrology nerd. Like, but that just really, <laughs> really. Oh, I can't man. believe it actually worked for you and got you to watch. And that fucking song, man. Is this real, 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 real? Oh, love? That song. Fuck off! <laughs> oh, I, it. I hate it so much. It's in my fucking head. It won't go away. Ah, oh, no. But Survivor uh, has been uh, a lot of fun. I'm just I'm, I'm just upset that Matty Warburg isn't the bachelor, you know. But anyway, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, he turned down Take Me Out. <laughs> yeah, supposedly. That's a- <laughs> Which is why Jackson <laughs> Kelly got cast. I'm loving, Jack- Jack- I'm loving this Jackson Kelly, Matty Warburg like cross-branded feud between like like three or four different promotions. They're always uh, I just love it. It's highly entertaining. It's highly entertaining. Yeah. So yeah, so we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk Survivor. Obviously, our gateway into Survivor is Maddie Wahlberg. We're not Survivor guys. We're wrestling guys. Uh, so I think it'll be fun to have a look at Survivor from a wrestling perspective, which I think can be done because the way they're building specific angles. Uh, which, if there's anyone listening to this, because we've hashtag Survivor AU it, uh, an angle is like the storyline that you're you're working in wrestling, right? Yeah. So you'll have an angle. So uh, the, the angles that they're building between the champions and contenders, and, and and between you know within the tribes and stuff, it's it's fucking fascinating. And I'm like, we can look at this as wrestling fans. I think it's going to be great. We can run down the cast. We can we can give our thoughts on on what we think coming out of week one of Survivor, going into week two, and and who knows? Maybe we'll maybe we'll keep this up. I I don't know. I'm 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 pretty keen on keeping this up, to be honest with you, because I'm really enjoying watching Survivor. But before we do, let's talk Maddie Wahlberg, because it just popped up on my feed. Like, as we're talking, Maddie Wahlberg, you have been noticed. Now, I asked him this question in the interview, if we're going to get a a video of him being noticed for Coliseum. Spoiler alert, we are. Maddie Wahlberg has entered the Coliseum. Well, there you fucking go. Wow. Did I just spoil it for you? Did you not see it pop up? I hadn't. I hadn't. But that, that's okay. <laughs> you get my raw. You get my raw emotion right now. That's fantastic. That was a very subdued raw emotion. That, that's that's just fantastic. I'm. I'm. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. I, he deserves to be in the tournament. Um, Why you let the people know what Coliseum is, brother? Coliseum is. Oh, you know, God knows. Is it eight again this year or sixteen? They haven't exactly said. But it's a uh, no. They have on this post. It says, "Will he outlast seven other competitors?" So there you go. It's, so it's, it's an eight-man eight. tournament. That's cool. Yeah, 
Uh, so this year it's going to be over two nights. It's a it's a grapplers. It, it, it's basically the best wrestlers in PWA slash Australia slash they brought over an international slash ex Aussie last year. It's, uh, yeah, well, they're bringing over Orange Cassidy this year. So Orange Cassidy from the United States is coming over to take part. Basically, yeah, it's it's for the best grapplers in the world. Yeah. Uh, and they're converging on Sydney. Last year, it was a, a three-night tournament that went across three separate months of shows. Yeah. But this time around, it's two days condensed. We're getting all the matches in two days. It's taking place at Fox Studios, uh, at Max Watts there in Fox Studios in Moore Park in Sydney, uh, October 18th and 19th. And... Survivor's own Matty Wahlberg is taking part in the Coliseum tournament. And people who listen to the B Plus podcast regularly know this. I picked Matty Wahlberg when he lost to Caveman Ugg. I said, he's going to go away to Farley Dojo because that's what we thought at the time. He was headed to Farley Dojo. I asked him about this in the interview later. And uh, I said, he's going to go away to Farley Dojo. He's going to come back. He's going to have some new tricks. He's going to win the Coliseum. He's going to defeat Ugg. He's going to, you know topple the champion that he wasn't able to topple. He's going to become the PWA champion after winning the Coliseum. He's been my pick since before the tournament was announced. How do you feel about Matty Wahlberg's chances in Coliseum? Oh, big time. Um, I mean, obviously we don't know who the other contenders are. I'm going to say that they... My hope is that they only put one person in there that was in it last year. I think the winner should always be in there as long as he's available. Um, to see, I don't think the winner should. I, so I don't think the winner should, right? The winner of last year's yeah. tournament, Mick Moretti. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the idea of being able to have a winner versus winner match at a later stage. That's actually a good idea, yeah. Well, because look, I know you're a big Orange Cassidy fan, like he's 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 good. I don't know if he's the right person for a grappler tournament. I mean, there's a lot of grapplers out there that would have. Would have filled that international spot on a, as a grappler, like you know, probably could have got someone like a Jonathan Gresham for around the same price. But that's uh, neither here nor, nor there. But um, in terms of the Australian guys, I'm guessing they'll get maybe one or two interstaters. They did last year. They got Slater and it was the other internet. No, it was it was one interstater, then Kyle Fletcher, and then six PWA guys. It was AJ History and Daniel. Oh, sorry, Slater. yes, it was. So two yeah. interstaters. Kyle Fletcher and then five uh, PWA guys. Um, I, I feel like I feel like Orange Cassidy will be the only international. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think. You think uh, so? But I'm 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 definitely. It's it's hard to say without knowing the rest of the field. But I I, I still think Matty Wahlberg's the guy. Yeah, I reckon. I've said it from before it was announced. I reckon so. they get someone maybe like Tommy Knight or Rat Daddy back. Maybe Tommy Knight. I think Tommy Knight will be. It's yeah. definitely out of the two, out of the two, out of Rat Daddy and Tommy Knight, two Adelaide boys. Uh, I, I think, and and I when I mentioned this to them at the latest Russell Rampage show, I'm like, I'd love to see one of you guys yeah. head back to Coliseum. Rat Daddy even said he's like, I think that's more 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 Tommy's uh, bag, like yeah. it suits his skill set more. Which you know, being a former MMA guy, uh, it definitely definitely does suit his yeah. his skill set more. The other guy, I think potentially is someone like an Adam Brooks, um, like a Ooh. like a bigger name, uh, like a bigger. Yeah. Australian name, kind of taking Kyle Fletcher's spot from last year, kind of that, you know, that bigger sort of international Aussie kind of guy. Well, I don't know if he's yeah, here. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but, yeah, in terms of PWA guys, I imagine, like, Ricky South's got to be involved in a Coliseum. He is literally one of the best grapplers in the company. Yep. The official Richard South. Well, we're hoping, uh, what would we hope, Paris De Silva maybe yeah, well, ends up in the Coliseum Paris again. Last year. I'd like to see Jude get a, get a shot this year. 
Yeah. I'd like to see Jude get a shot. Um, instead of Bond's own one member of the Four Nations, I'd love to see just Troy be in it. Yes, that would be amazing. Just Troy be in it. Or Madison Eagles, if she's fit by then. I'm, it looks like it looks like she is. I'd love to see Madison Eagles in it. Um, yes. Either Madison or Jess or both. Um, and then uh, maybe maybe Party Boy Jax uh, for something a little bit left field. Um, yeah. So you're trying to come up with an entire field yeah. of competitors then, so that you can decide who you think will win. But, but <laughs> I think I think Matty Warburg is a safe bet to win the tournament. He's... I just, I just think he's the guy. I think he's, oh, I think he's the future face of PWA oh, if he's not already. Yeah, absolutely. You if know, you aren't. If they aren't building around Ricky South and Matty Warburg. Yeah, they're, like they're the two, but and uh, the Velocity Boys. So that four. Well, sorry. And look, while we're while we're on while we're on the Coliseum talk, uh, the Coliseum uh, the PWA have announced there will also be a live fan fest happening on day two during the day. So the, the show takes place Friday night. Then there's a fan fest Saturday during the day. And then Saturday night, the finals take place. And uh, we're going to be there. There's going to be live podcasts. I'm going to have to see what we can come up with. I'm sure we can work something out, but but we're going to be in Sydney. You're always in Sydney, but I'm going to be in Sydney. Mr. Mysterious is going to be in Sydney. So we're going to we're gonna figure out what we can do to be a part of this fan fest because uh, we're very excited for the Coliseum. Uh, maybe we'll get to talk to Maddie Wahlberg. Who knows? Because uh, Maddie will be there. It's going to be a, a great great show with the best wrestling in the country and i think we should put a pin in the wrestling talk there well before we'll we go listen. before we do, before we do that i have set out a challenge they have put out a, a kai drake's doing a food challenge right i have i have challenged him i'm going to take part in that whatever it is i'm taking part in the food challenge against kai drake so whether i'm alive for the podcast is another story, but I'll be, <laughs> i'm going to be there it may be the big boy memorial podcast is what you're essentially saying. and <laughs> it's potentially my last PWA show for a while because I'll probably be moving into out of, out of the state. So uh, it's, it's going to be potentially my last big weekend with PWA. Not last one ever. I'll obviously get back for some, but um, but yeah, no. But let's let's talk Survivor. I'm well. Before we talk Survivor, we got to have a have a listen to the interview that I recorded with Maddie Wahlberg. It's the perfect bridge between the wrestling talk and the uh, the the Survivor talk because, of course. Uh, I did talk to Maddie about Survivor as myself and uh, our sometimes co-host Riley. We, we had a chance to talk to uh, Maddie Wahlberg last week, at the beginning of last week. Like I said, this was supposed to air last Friday after the first episode, but uh, before the full week. Uh, so some of the stuff may sound a little outdated. He's going to plug some shows that happened last weekend, but we talked to him about wrestling. We talked to him about you know his his entire trajectory and, of course, being on the island, we talk about all of that, and then we'll come back and we'll we'll do some Survivor talk just for shits and gigs. What do you reckon? Kill it. Let's do it. Right, joining me at this time, all the way from Sydney by the magic of the internet, provided my technology holds up, he is one of the top wrestlers in this country today. None of this up-and-coming nonsense. Uh, he's the 21st century success story, the NBA natural-born athlete, a game-changer, and the one of the stars of the upcoming series of Survivor, Matty fucking Wahlberg. How you doing, man? Mate, I'm I'm doing very well, and these are the kind of introductions I expect now. So I I appreciate you doing that for me. Yeah, man, I do my research. You know that. I know. I'm, you pay attention to everything. Yeah, I do. I'm everywhere, and uh, we we haven't had you on the show properly, really. Like, uh, you you popped on for the hundredth episode, and you kind of had a go at us about not having you on, and then we did like a preview for Fridays for the Babes, but we haven't really talked about Maddie Wahlberg. 
No, you haven't. And like, mate, I, I, I heard you just had Will Keaters on, so you guys must be really <laughs> struggling for guests. So I'm <laughs> glad that we've picked things up a little bit this week. Well, to be fair to me, Will Keaters was a last minute thing. I was. <laughs> <laughs> he must be. You wouldn't have him on if he had time to get someone. <laughs> I love Wilkitas. What's wrong with Wilkitas? It's one of the Kelly games. Mate, we, I was going down to Melbourne, a few of us listening to this. He says like every fourth word. <laughs> he, he's the definition of a goober, Wilkitas. The definition of a goober. You've been hanging around with Nick Berry too much. Yeah, you're damn right I have been. Brack back for life. <laughs> well, you, so you are fresh off a big weekend in Melbourne. Uh, you've been making waves in MCW, man, like you do everywhere. Uh, undefeated, and now you're going to be challenging Danny Psycho. Yeah, I, I, I don't think people expected this. You know, I think I was put in the match with TK and Dowie just because uh, you know Survivor starts on Wednesday, and they they wanted to kind of get some promotion for themselves. But I took that you know with a little chip on my shoulder, and Dowie James being who he is, I said I wanted to come in and run through these MCW guys, and I've kind of done that, and they don't have a choice now. Now they kind of have to give me. Danny Psycho, so I'm buzzing for August 31st. Yeah, that's great, man. Uh, look, you, you mentioned Dowie James there. Something you said in your promo uh, leading into the match, that he's good, but he's he's Melbourne good. W- what did you mean by that? Ooh, yeah, I'll tell you what, I heard a little bit about that on, on Saturday when I was in the locker room. Uh, all, all I meant by that was, you know, there's a lot of those guys in MCW who are extremely talented, and, and, and I respect all the Melbourne guys, and I've even some of them are some of my best mates, but... I think I'm on a on a different level, and I think there's some guys in Sydney who are on on a different level, and and it was my job to go down there and, and show them that, and I I was successful. Yeah, definitely. So do you think uh, is this kind of a company pride thing? MCW, PWA, are we are we gearing up for a territory war here in Australia? Is that is that the kind of thing you're angling at? This is a Matty Warburg pride thing. This isn't this isn't a company war or anything like this. I'm putting it on on my shoulders. You know, I was the guy who was sitting in the crowd watching MCW shows, knowing that I was the one who was supposed to be down there. You know, competing. So I put it put it on myself that I'm the one going down there and telling all these Melbourne guys that I'm better than you and I'm going to show it. And you know, this Friday I've got Richie Taylor for Wrestle Rock, so I get another chance for one of these you know golden boys of Melbourne wrestling to going down and and, and showing what I'm made of. Oh, man, look, I don't want to upset you, but I'm actually wearing my Richie Taylor shirt right now. Richie Taylor's my boy. That doesn't surprise me, man, but you know what? I'm, I'm not a big fan of Rangers, you know? I've, <laughs> I've heard they don't have a soul, so Friday night, I, I look forward to, to showing him that. Yeah, I've seen the memes with, with uh, you know, Richie Taylor replaced with Rose, basically claiming that you're facing oh. Rose. He's basically slightly fitter Rose. Like, there's not that much <laughs> difference between the two of them. Well, I'm sure he hits a lot harder than Rose as well. He's got a better beard as well, no offense, Rose. <laughs> That is true. You know, I, I will give it that Richie Taylor's facial hair game is, is on point. It, so, it really you know, is. It that's really got nothing is. to do with his wrestling ability. No. Well, look, you, you talked about it. You, you were sitting in the crowd at MCW once upon a time, right? Like, it, you talked about this with uh, with Toddy over at Russell Radio Australia. You and Ricky sitting there watching, being like, we want to be there. Yeah. It took him a while, though. It did. And, you know, the, the Thornbury Theater, if you've ever been there, that's... That's got a real buzz to it. And, you know, being there Saturday, I got to, you know, lucky enough to be up there. I went back to the rafters for the for the Boreham Brawl match, you know, seeing uh, Brooksy come back and feeling that, that energy inside that room. It, it's crazy. And I, I remember sitting there for the for the Akata show originally and being like, I want to perform here. And it took a little longer than I expected, but I understand because, you know, sometimes you bring in a guy as talented as me and all of a sudden your guys don't look as good as, as you kind of want them to look. So it, it makes sense in some ways. 
Yeah, for sure. Look, now, because this is the first time we're talking, like, we kind of just dove straight into it by accident there. I, I, I do want to rewind for a second, right, and get the, the the full Matty Wahlberg story. I'm sure you've told it before, so we can breeze through it and then get to the good stuff if you want. But what got you into yeah. wrestling, and when did you decide, I'm going to throw myself at the ground real hard? Uh, it's just, uh, I, like everyone else, you know, I loved it since I was little. Uh, I was a, an only child, so basically, you know, with a single parent. So I had a lot of time to myself, and I spent that time, you know, watching wrestling. Um, I was a big WCW guy, kind of like JXT, because that was what uh, I had on, on my TV. Yeah, that's what uh, we got. And then I kind of found my way to doing other things. You know, I, I did MMA for six years, which some people know about, and uh, I was really, really big into that, kind of traveled around the world, and then got to a stage where I was like, I I really want to, you know, do this wrestling thing. I'm, I'm sick of being a fan, and, and I just jumped in and thought, if I don't do it now, I may never do it. Yeah, definitely. And you've come a long way very quickly. How how long ago was your debut match? My debut match, I think, was in uh, March two years ago against Caveman Ugg for, for PWA. My first PWA one. My actual first match was about a month before. I did a Wrestling Go pre-show. How embarrassing is that? Like, I used to be on the pre-show. On the pre-show. Wow. On the pre-show. Yeah. It was me against Captain Keto and Ricky South. So it's kind of funny to look back where me and Ricky are now that we had our my, my debut match, you know, on a pre-show. Yeah. You and Ricky have an interesting relationship, yeah? Like, it's, uh, are you guys friends? Are you, uh, you enemies? What's what's going on there? Me, me, me and Ricky, uh, we're, not, we're not friends. You know, I, we don't kind of see eye to eye personally, but professionally, I think we do have a, a respect for one another because, uh, you know, there's, there's no one else in PWA who works harder than me. The only one who comes close is, is probably Ricky, and he's at training all the time. He's at the gym. He's doing everything he needs to do, and those are the kind of people you need to surround yourself uh, to get better. So I, I respect the hell out of Ricky South, but, you know, we're not going out and having dinner with each other or anything like that. So it's, it's a professional respect because you guys both work the hardest you can at what you're doing. Very much so, and, yeah. and we see wrestling as a competition. Um, not just with other guys in this country, but other guys all over the world. And, and we take great pride in, in PWA and the PWA Academy. And uh, uh, we want to be better. We want everyone else to be better. And, and I think a guy like him is someone I need to have around because it, it, it keeps me focused because I look at him and I'm like, I need to work harder than he is. Otherwise, he's going to be better than me. And I don't want anyone to be better than me. Yeah, that's a good attitude to have, man. And, and look, it pays off. And I, I saw the relationship in, like, the 21st Century Success Story YouTube series that you did, right? Uh, how much yeah. of How much of that was – because I know that – I know a lot of the time you say uh, PWA don't necessarily really give you anything and you just kind of – you do your thing and you take it, you take it, you take it, right? How much of that series was PWA? How much of it was you? Uh, how did that all come about? Uh, 100%, that was all me. Uh, I came up with the idea myself. Uh, you know, I, I'm a, I love the UFC and I, I love watching like UFC Embedded, mm. uh, which leads up to the fight. You know, they put up some YouTube clips of what are the fighters doing? And that's what I like to watch. I like, you know, what is really happening? None of this like, this promo stuff, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, this Saturday, you know, I'm going to beat you up. Like, I think it's old. And uh, I wanted to show everyone what I was doing to get ready for UG and, and really kind of take a peek behind the curtain and, and, and show what preparing for a big title match is actually like. Um, so I actually called Ben Anderson, who's the best in the game when it comes to these kind of things, and uh, I got him to follow me around and, and, and put out this kind of stuff, and I basically sent it to PWA and said, you know, if you want to use it, here it is for you. Yeah. 
and uh and and it was it was amazing like i did see the ufc inspiration in it and i wanted to ask you about that because obviously you've trained in mma uh you're a ufc fan you bring that style to your work as well we saw that especially in your i mean obviously in the build-up to the caveman ug match and the caveman ug match itself but uh with the the UFC thing, I mean, you you stopped doing the MMA to go to wrestling, right? Is wrestling the, Correct, yeah. is is wrestling the end goal, or is there something else that's that's going to come next? I think right now wrestling is the end goal. Um, I loved doing MMA and I loved training and 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 I did do some com- competitions and stuff, but my heart wasn't there. And I think to be a fighter, like in that cage, you need to have that that murderous instinct that you want to go out there and you know die for your cause and I just when it came to MMA I didn't have that and I wasn't as passionate as I needed to be to be the best and I didn't want to just go in there and you know be half-hearted because that's how you get hurt but as soon as I started wrestling I was like this is what I was supposed to do from the moment like I walked in the training or I did my first show I was like this is what I want and my ultimate goal is I just want I want to be the, the best Australian wrestling that exists that is like that's all I can think about all day every day at the moment yeah for sure and you've talked about that in other interviews as well about you know because the question that everyone asks everyone is where do you want to travel to? Do you want to go to the UK? The Velocities just went over to the UK, right? Like Shaz is over there. Who Do you want to go to America? Do you want to go to Japan? And you've said many times, I want to be here, man. Like I want to be the the, the pointy end of the spear. Yeah. And it's I, like, if there's opportunities to travel, obviously I, I would, I would take them in a heartbeat, but I think I still have so much more to do here. You know, I haven't wrestled all the guys I want to wrestle. I think I'm at that stage now where I, I'm, I can get those matches. You know, I wrestled Dowie James, who's one of the top Melbourne guys, on Saturday night. And I, I want to take on everyone who's at the top, you know, whether it's EPW, Rampage, even PWA, because there's a lot of, like, top guys in PWA who have been ducking me for, for a long time now. So there's so many guys I haven't had an opportunity to get in there with yet, and uh, that's, that's what I want to do right now. Yeah, with PWA, are you looking at are you looking at the Coliseum? Are we expecting a you've been noticed, Matty Wahlberg video? Mate, I don't know if um, PWA is ready for me to be in the Coliseum. You know, a lot of the guys will be in that tournament. Have done everything they can to make sure they haven't stood across from me in a PWA ring. So I'd love to be in the Coliseum and show everyone what I want. But you know, does PWA want that? That's 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 probably a different question. That's the question, right? Because I mean, call to arms last year, brother, you weren't booked. <gasps> No, I wasn't on the show. Um, I didn't have any momentum, you know what I mean? Because Carter obviously went out of the Farley Dojo in New Zealand and uh, I was told I didn't have any momentum. So if you have a look at the last almost 12 months, I've done everything in my power to give myself momentum. And I don't think there's anyone else in this country right now that has the momentum I have. And, you know, I think Wednesday, 7.30, I think that's only going to get a little bit bigger. Yeah. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. You talk, Wednesday, 7.30, we're talking about Survivor. This is airing on Friday, so people will have already had a chance to see the first episode. Oh, yeah. so they'll already know. They'll already know what I can do then. They'll already know. They will. Uh, look, I, I just want to rewind quickly again to the 21st century success story. The word success of there, course. right? The word success, that implies that you're finished. But from the sounds of things, you have a lot left to do. What's the? How do you reconcile that? You know, success is an interesting word, and I think I've already shown that I, I do have great success, but to actually be a success and, and, and follow that kind of mantra, I think you're always looking for more. I don't think I'm, I'm, I'd ever be done. You know, there's some wrestlers who are happy with a spot on a show, or there's some wrestlers who are happy, I got to main event. But for me, I, I want more than that. I want to be the best. I want to be the guy. So as good as things have gone this year and, and, and hopefully will continue. I think there's there's always more 
to get and there's always more. But success is about continually getting that. Right. So success is like the chase. Success is the journey. It's not the actual, not the finished product necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's what I would say. Sick, man. I love the way you think. Hey, I love the way you think. And I, I, I know you're a big Chikara fan, right? Massive Chikara fan. Yeah. And anytime I talk to other Chikara fans, like I cannot help. Like I, I find we tend to have a lot of a lot of ideas in common. But then you also bring in all the MMA stuff, like we've talked about, right? And uh, you said you're sick of the promos, yeah. You're sick of the this Saturday I'm gonna beat you. Uh, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe you just did that. Look, we'll touch on him a little bit later too. <laughs> you you did uh you did a you made me that took me off, man. You you made me lose my train of thought. Um, you did a thing with with Big Fudge, right? The body swap. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> How do you explain, because like, you've, you've got the realism that you like to, to bring into it, but then, I mean, the Chikara fan in you has to be chomping at the bit to do just the crazy, wacky, wonderful, weird shit, yeah? Yeah, that's the great thing about wrestling, especially in Sydney, is there's so many opportunities to do Um, So I've always, like, there's multiple years where I'm sitting in the crowd for you know, King of Trios and things when I went over there. And I've always wanted to do something like that. So actually in that week period, I wrestled Jimmy Havoc, you know, you know, no DQ match, and then swap bodies with Big Fudge at Wrestling Go the next week. So I, I, I like mixing it up and doing all types of wrestling. It, it, it keeps it really fun. Yeah. And, it, I mean, so you've gone over to watch King of Trios and stuff. Uh, can we can we expect – I'm, I'm looking for the babes for this year's King of Trios, man. <laughs> Mate, I'll – I've always said, I've, I think I've said on Twitter before that one of my main goals is to wrestle for Shikara um, at some stage. But who knows? I don't know if the babes are a Shikara friendly per se. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we could maybe work something out. Um, but it has to be a, maybe a, a slightly watered down version of the babes. Yeah, yeah. A, a bit more, you want to be a bit more kid friendly. Yeah, we'd have to, you know, Gatorade from the Red Cup and things like that. <laughs> Speaking of babes, my co-host has wandered into the party late. Riley, how are you? I'm good. What's up, nerds? We're talking to Maddie about uh about Ch- Maddie Wahlberg. Who? Maddie Wahlberg. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Right. He's he's blonde, blonde and blue eyes. Right. He's babes. Didn't we have this conversation? He doesn't have blue eyes. No, darling, do you, he doesn't. Do you have blue eyes, Maddie? Maddie, do you not pay attention to my photos? I mean, look, I'm not looking that closely. At, at no, your... he does. He's That's a big true. zoomer. <laughs> I'm a big zoomer. <laughs> Zooms right in. Not on the face. That's... You kind of have to zoom with Maddie Wahlberg, from what I hear. Oh, okay. Wait, wait is this is this Danders? No. Oh, way oh, better. Sorry. No, sorry, this I'm is... not confused. See, this I, is... I can bring. If you want to bring the fire, I got it too. <laughs> uh, man, what, oh. the, what the fuck is a Danders? <laughs> I wanted to talk to you, Maddie, about this year's call to arms. Uh, I don't know if I've missed it or what, but you, like you said, you've got all the momentum in the world. Uh, I haven't seen a match announcement though. Neither have I. You know, that's that's interesting. That's you know, I I guess it, the last few months I've been called to arms has been that show that I was really looking forward to, and we're only you know about six days out, and there's still nothing on the cards currently for me. So I'm just hoping we don't have a similar situation to last year because if so, I'd be very worried if. Someone gave me a live microphone. Yeah, well, that's the thing too, right? Is it's it's all live on Overplay now, yeah? Exactly. Yeah, it is. Even like I think they, from what I heard, the last show they actually streamed part of the beer pong as well. So uh, it would be interesting to you know give me a live mic on Overplay. Does that change things for you, knowing that 
Uh, it's not just the people in the crowd. It's it's people at home all around the world. Like we have people in the UK tweeting about it. We have people in America watching it all live. Like they're up at all hours of the morning uh, to see you guys do your thing. Does that change how you go into a PWA event? Not for me specifically. It, it's it's just a, kind of surreal at the moment just because, you know, uh, two years ago when we had that called arm show with, uh, with, with Will, we, we probably didn't think that we would get to this stage this quickly, but it, it's surreal. But at the end of the day, you prepare the same. You're going out there and, and, and you're performing and you want to win and you want to win in front of that live crowd. Having people overseas and things like that watching you is just like a, a little bit of an added bonus. Yeah, for sure. Look, speaking of winning, it's what everyone's talking about. We've got to get to it, right? There's there's this whole thing with an island, the world's greatest game coming up. Uh, as we're talking, it's coming up yes. Wednesday. People have seen the first episode. Uh, how did how did that come about? How did how did Matty Wahlberg end up on Survivor? Well, anyone who knows me personally, like I'm I'm a huge reality TV guy. I really love reality TV, and my two favourites have always been the Challenge, which you know the the, the Miz and CM Punk have appeared on, but also Survivor. I like those reality shows with like a challenge element where you actually have to do physical things, and I've always wanted to do it. And uh, the opportunity came where I had a few spare months kind of thing, and I, I applied for the show. Uh, and got lucky enough to get through some of the stages and, and, and actually get on. So this is this is a, a dream come true, really. Yeah, for sure. Look, it came around the same time. I know that you were picked to go to the Farley Dojo, much like Carter did before you. Uh, how did that, like, yeah. were you, was this a situation where you had to choose between the two? Because when the pictures came up for Farley Dojo, no Matty Wahlberg. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't ideal timing, and I had to kind of make a decision. Uh, and as fantastic an opportunity as the Farley Dojo is, I don't think it, at that stage, you know, I had to bet on myself. And uh, I went out on a limb to do this show. Uh, but in some ways, I think it's, it's not only a benefit for me, it's a benefit for Australian wrestling. I, I really went on to the show thinking about everyone as a whole because we still have this stigma as Australian wrestlers. You know, if, if you're not in the community of, like, we're just these RSL club kind of, like, unfit, kind of guys going out on the weekend and, and hitting each other and, and and I wanted to go out on the island and, and prove that wrong I wanted to show everyone that we're the best athletes in this country hands down and, and I put Australian wrestling on my back for this show and I really wanted to show all of Australia what we can do man you literally just asked my next question without us getting to actually ask it like it's it's right here on the sheet <laughs> about carrying Australian wrestling on your back and, and sort of proving it right like because the thing is people people going in will be like oh he does that fake shit you know and, 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 exactly. But you're not the only one. I, I found out this morning there's another wrestler <laughs> on the island. There is. Old, old mate Harry Avalon is on the island as well. I'm glad people can finally hear about it. Yes, yeah, so Harry Avalon of EPW fame over in Perth. Yeah, it was very, you know, very strange. That first day, you, you finally get to meet everyone. And he actually approached me and, you know, said, man, I know who you are. And I was like, what do you mean? And then finding out, you know, I think our first conversation was, uh, talking about EPW and PWA, and I never thought that was a conversation I was going to have on the island. And, and probably the funniest thing I remember saying that night to him, I never thought I'd come out onto an island in Fiji on a Australian Survivor and meet someone who also knows Del Cano. So that was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was, I think he, I can't remember the name now. Was it El Taco Nacho he worked as once? Something like that. Something, he was a, he was a, he was a Mexican of some, of some description. Yeah, yeah, which, you know... 2019 i don't know if that holds up but <laughs> you talked about <laughs> the perception of australian wrestling right and the changing that perception and that being a big goal for you uh how yeah. do you feel, like 
so I feel like that's something PWA does really well, and and a, a, a lot of companies are doing really well now is is getting the publicity out there. You know, with things like the um the SBS Viceland thing or the Ten Play thing that you guys did. Yeah. Uh, but then you also get stuff like I mean, you know, you touched on it, Saar on the Footy Show. Yeah, it's and the thing is, it's good publicity because a lot of times you still see these newspaper articles or things like that, and they treat wrestling horribly and they make us look so cheap and it, and, it, and it really frustrates me it really frustrates me and i've actually got friends in the media now i've got mates who are journalists or who are producers so we know the proper guys to work with and that that maddie johnson thing was an in, complete embarrassment to australian wrestling and i've chatted in locker rooms with many guys and it was just it was a complete joke the way the way they treated it it, it just made it look so low budget and and it just holds us back, and, it, and it's the kind of thing that is taking us back to the stage, you know, where we were a joke. And it's just not like that anymore. And, yeah. it's, and it's frustrating that there's still people out there who are willing to ruin what we're building for a quick buck. You know, at the end of the day, money is great and business is great, but we're trying to look out for Australian wrestling as a whole. And there's fantastic companies going all out and working together to make, these, make us seem legit. And that mate, that like I've got mates who 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 work for the Matty John Show and things like that, and it it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. I think I heard you speak about it as well. Like that that was legit embarrassing. Yeah, I got heated, man. I got heated because I really believe that Australian wrestling is some of the best wrestling in the world, right? And and it, it just it did not come across that way at all. It looked like an absolute farce like it it i got i got very heated that week on the show i think i talked about it for like 20 minutes i, just, I don't want to go off again and these are things that this is what the like we have our our real concrete audience now and they're going to come to the shows and they know the guys but australia as a whole doesn't know australian wrestling still we're still we're not at that stage yet and you know there's guys going on reality shows pretending they're wrestlers you know they've trained a few times but they're not actually wrestlers so i really went into this show with the mentality that I'm coming on to show everyone what Australian wrestling is and what we can do. And having the ability to go against, you know, superstar athletes and things like that, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself. And I, I, I felt a lot of pressure. And I think it's Friday now, so people have seen some of the, the early challenges. And I think I needed to be good at that. Because if I went there and made Australian wrestling a joke, I, 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 would, I would really hate myself for it. Yeah, definitely. And look, it's champions versus contenders. And you're on the contenders team. But, I mean, you've been a bona fide champion in Wrestling Go, in FWA, in Nui Pro. Uh, you're about to be one in MCW, right? Like, how come you're not on the champions team? Yeah, I, I was a bit confused by that because, uh, you know, I rocked up and, and, and found out I was on the contenders and I was a bit confused. But um, I think I was just maybe too young to get on the champion side from, from, from what I saw across from me. You know, a lot of those guys are, were champions, you know, did do things, whereas I'm doing things now. So... I kind of took it as a as a pride thing, and I was like, if you don't think I'm a champion, I guess it's time to to show you that I am. Yeah, definitely. Are you prepared if you don't win? Right? Are you prepared for all the other wrestlers coming at you in their promos, giving you the heat? Like, <laughs> oh, you're, you you didn't win, right? Like, you didn't survive. You can't survive with me. Are you prepared for for that kind of stuff? Mate, there's already already guys trying to do it, and it's just it's gonna it's gonna look bad for them because I think if anyone's seen me before, if you want to bring the heat, like I can return it real quick. Um, I don't I don't stress about what anyone else has to say. Um, I know that you know my talking game is better than anyone else's, and I really couldn't care less what people say. You know, whatever does happen on the show, 
Um, I gave it my all, and, and I'm ready for these really crap promos to come out from people, you know, making survivor puns and things like that because they're not creative enough to come up with actual insults. And I'm actually very much looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, how did how did wrestling uh, how did wrestling help when, when going to the island? How did wrestling help you prepare? I think physically there was, there was no one there that could could touch me. Um, I think wrestling physically the body that you get is so different to you know like a bodybuilder's body or something like that. Like we we train for performance and we do weird things. You know we're doing four hundred squats. Um, we're doing rolls, so we're also able to be like almost like gymnasts and things like that. So I think I had an all-round athleticism that any challenge that I was presented with, I could do it, whether it was, you know, a long a, one where you're holding a, a spot for a long time or, or something more physical. I think I was completely ready for that. And also being a wrestler, you you know, I, I, I talk a pretty big game and I know how to, to say things and get in people's heads and that came in uh, – very handily. I don't think people were prepared for for, for things that I was going to say. Yeah, uh, something I was thinking about as well is like the uh, the politics of a wrestling locker room. <laughs> oh, it, mate, I think I talked about it in, in one of the interviews. It's it's almost the exact same thing. Right. So because because I'm looking at it, I'm like I know on Survivor, like I haven't watched it for a long time, but I know there's all the alliances and all the sneaking around, and I'm like it kind of sounds like like some wrestling locker rooms. I mean, at least on Survivor, they can admit that they're backstabbers and snakes. <laughs> Exactly, you know, and you, and you go in and you've got certain people that you absolutely hate. You have to be really nice to them because you need them for something. And then there's other people that you really like that maybe you can't actually hang out with that much because it's going to get your heat. Uh, the the island on Survivor is is very eerily similar to some locker rooms that I've been in. Probably smells better. Uh, it depends on which company you're talking about, but yeah, Kydrake's <laughs> knee pads are, are are horrendous. So it was actually nice to not have to smell them for a little bit. <laughs> um, what else do you think, like? You would have, if you could have taken any two things like to the island, other than your obviously extensive jersey collection, what would you have taken with you? Ah, uh, it, it's just like it's very strange being on the island because it's just like the really little things that you miss. Like I would have given anything for a pillow. Uh, you know, the, there's basically you're sleeping on bamboo and leaves, and it's and it's not comfortable at all. And it's really hard to get any sleep. So a pillow definitely would have been one. Um, it's really like the strange thing is it's nothing like physical that you miss. It's just like I guess the thing I miss the most was probably my mates and, and my family at home and, and wrestling. I really missed like having having wrestling. So if there was some aspect of that that I could have brought with me, that would have been great. But at least it was it was nice to have Harry there so we could actually chat about, about wrestling and kind of remind myself about home. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Do you, so you talk about like, uh, you know, it sucks that you couldn't bring wrestling to the island with you, right? Uh, do you think you can bring yeah. some of the island – back to wrestling right can we can we expect uh some some new gimmick matches in pwa right like some some challenges that you've taken from from the island you know it, it, it's possible you never know but i think the, the main thing i'm going to take from the island is like I, I have a very different mentality you know you have a lot of downtime out there and, and my, my my mindset has changed like i was motivated and driven before i went but now it's like it's scary like it's all i think about is is how bad i want to I want to succeed and be the best and how I just want to fight everyone. And this, I, don't know, I don't know what it is, but it, it, it drove my passion even more so than it was before. So if you're in Australian wrestling and you think you're someone right now, I'd be real scared. Definitely. Look, uh, i got a, a couple more things. i got to get to the listener questions. Like I posted the, the thing on Instagram. And, yeah, uh, sure. And I've got one here that says, what do your students think of you doing wrestling? 
Yeah. See, this this wasn't ideal. I, I I tried to hide my you know personal life for for a long time, but now it's fully out in the open. Um, uh, you know that when they found out, they 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 think it's really cool, and, and which is interesting because teenagers usually hate absolutely everything, and then some <laughs> of the kids you know try and try and give me shit for it, but it doesn't really work, you know. Uh, but some of the kids they really do think it's cool. Um, some of them have actually come to shows. And come to watch. Obviously, not black label because it's over eighteen. But there are a few of the kids who are who, who are fans and look at my stuff, which sometimes isn't 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 <laughs> a good thing with some of the things that I say and do. But I guess it is what it is. Yeah. Did any of them any of them see the free show that went up on YouTube where you had a, basically a death match <laughs> with Jimmy Havoc? Luckily, they haven't found that. I'm sure they will at some stage, but. In some way, like if I was, you know, back at high school, and if one of my teachers was doing death matches with Jimmy Haddock on the weekend, he would probably be my favourite teacher ever. <laughs> How do you explain rocking up, like trying to teach a class with like staples in your dick and in your tongue, like? Well, luckily, you know, I have pants on most lessons, so that that hasn't been an issue. But uh, I think I have had, you know, black eyes or like injured my arm and and things like that. And at first, I had to lie, you know, say you know, I got hurt playing basketball or something. But now that the kids know. And now that the, the staff know as well, which was a big one, um, they kind of understand what's happening. But the first few black eyes that I had rocking up to school on a Monday was a little bit difficult to explain. Yeah, that's correct. Man, I was so shocked when I saw that you were a teacher. Like, <laughs> A lot of people are. Like, I, I've been around, right? Like, I talk to people. I had no idea... Like I, I'm, I look at Maddie Wahlberg. I'm like, it's, it's it's Maddie Wahlberg, right? Like that's. But obviously, there's a whole other side. You're, and it's not even like as soon as I saw you're a teacher, I was like, oh, maybe he teaches PE. No, you're just so good at the character that that's where my mind went. But you teach history. What the? What is going on? My world is crumbling, dude. Yeah, no, I, I very much separate my personal, you know, like my my work life and my personal life. Um, but I, I think you'll see on the show as well that the Maddie Wahlberg that you see. At shows and things like that. That's the real me. You know, I'm 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 not playing a character. A lot of people say, oh, I love your character. It's not a character. That's who I am. But I'm also, you know, a professional. And when I go in the classroom, you know, I'm still myself. I'm pretty jovial. Like I like to joke around with the kids and you know, have a lot of fun. And I think if anyone was actually in one of my my lessons, they they would see a little bit of Maddie Warburg in there. But also, I love history and I and I love you know being a role model for kids and and that kind of thing. So there's definitely two sides of me. Yeah, for sure. Look, and uh, the other question that I had from Instagram was, how was the partying in Melbourne on the weekend? And I, I think Riley might have some stuff to say about this too. <laughs> I saw your Instagram. Mate, I'll tell you, mate, I'll tell you what, Mehmet the Turkish Delight, if, <laughs> if he isn't out at every time I'm out, like it's just it's just not as fun. It was We, we called it the Good Brother Reunion Tour 2019. So, you know, the Brat Pack were there, Lava Boys last night. Mamet was down from Sydney. You know, we had, we had Taylor King from Perth. Mm. You know, we had DCT there. It was it was quite a crew of lads who went out, and um, it was a good time. I, I I had an absolute ball, and I think we got home about you know six six a.m. the next morning. So we we did it properly. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Look, I'm gonna let you go, uh, but before I do, where can people see you? Obviously, they've seen you Wednesday night and every Wednesday night on Channel Ten, seven thirty p.m. Where else can people find you? So I'm, I'm all over my socials, Maddie Warburg 21 so Instagram, uh, Twitter, I have a Facebook as well and all those type of things. But uh, also this weekend, you know, if you want to come watch me Friday, I'm at Wrestle Rock against Richie Taylor, embarrassing some Melburnians like I do now. Saturday, PWA, hopefully some things have come out and I'm on that show. But then also Sunday, I'm at uh, uh, FWA with the lovely Scarlet Bordeaux. So I'm all over the place this weekend, so you can catch me there if you haven't already. Wrestling every day, every weekend. You're killing it, Maddie. Keep it going, man. Loving it.
appreciate it, man. All the best. Gonna cut the music off there because we don't want to have to pay copyrights fees. The music of Maddie Wahlberg bringing us back for Survivor Talk. Big boy Mikey, we are one week into Australian Survivor Champions vs. Contenders. We've had one, two, three, four, five people go home. Uh, Most of them champions. Now, have you watched Survivor much before? No, not really. Not a lot in the past. Uh, Probably when I was younger, I think... um you were saying on the top of the cast about your parents watching it when you were younger and that. Um, <clears throat> I think that's the same with me. I think maybe I watched the original season or original season or two, but uh, this season is like, this has got me hooked. Like you said, episode one, I was hooked. Not, not just for, for Maddie, but uh, just the entire concept of the show. I just, uh, I just loved it. Yeah, which Maddie had some moments in episode one. Champions, eh? Champions, yeah. eh? Which I mean, that was in the that was in the uh, the fucking trailer as well. And you got to think if if Maddie Wahlberg doesn't make a shirt that says Champion, eh? Uh, like, there's there's money in that, Maddie. You got to make that shirt because yeah. I'll I'll buy one as long as it's not black. I'll buy one. We'll all buy one. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Like, um, it, it's interesting with the wrestling dynamic to this show with Maddie and. Uh, Harry as well. I mean, they haven't touched on Harry's wrestling life. No. Yet, and it looks like they're not going to. He's sort of been... He's the ice cream man. Built and the a ice super cream fan. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Matty's been billed as a teacher guy, but he's... Uh, they've acknowledged his wrestling past, but... Wrestling life. Well, yeah, they're kind of they're kind of portraying him as 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 uh, he has two sides to his person, which we we heard in that interview there too. He's he's always liked to keep these two sides separate, but now the whole world has come down on him and, and it's sort of collided. And and we're we're going to see it in Survivor, and and it's crazy how much we've seen throughout this first week of him, uh, you know, being more caring and nurturing, which is a side that as wrestling fans of Matty Wahlberg, we've never seen that before. No, not in not in that kind of way. With with him uh, talking to Sarah, who was is the survivor uh, on on the contenders team who survived the, the sh- uh, Boxing Day scenario. Yeah, in Sri Lanka. Yeah, and, um, and oh, that was a magical moment. Both him and uh, John. Yeah, John swam over to yeah. support her, and Maddie was Maddie was just standing there, just like you know, we know you've got this. Don't even worry about the challenge. This is about doing something you think you can't do, and it was like. I was in. Te- I was. I was like. I. My eyes were watering. Yeah. Like for real. Like it was. It was so. And and I got to think too. I, I tweeted this out. I'm pretty sure that's what PWA training would be like. You know, uh, everyone cheers each other on. It's great. But just seeing that side of him, uh, you know, it's it's unusual for us as fans of the wrestling. Yeah, Matty Warburg. Right, and like you know, there is that. Uh, you get the. You get both the and you know pull the curtains back. I don't know. If, I mean, they. They do it for real. You know, you get the Matt Farrelly side, you get the Matty Warburg side coming out a lot. Um, yeah. You know, um, there are parts where, like you said, like, oh, champions, are eh? you like, there's Matthew Warburg. There <laughs> there's Matty Warburg. That's the Warburg yeah. we know. <laughs> when, he's, when he's having a go at Luke. Uh, when, when, when they're <laughs> in the challenges, or like, I think the uh, the last episode, I think it was, uh, like fifth, uh, the fifth episode, when they're doing the... Um, the reward challenge, and they'll throw in the ball. Are you talking water. about the gauntlet? No, we're not. We're oh, not throwing the no, ball. No, we're not in the throwing water. the ball. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and just like he's like, the only point that 
their team got for that thing was when he decided, all right, I'm going to take out the guy before he even runs. And I'm like, I'm going to run run at him sideways. I'm like, there's a real Warburg. That's the uh, that's the wrestler figure of him. Um, yeah, that's 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 the Matty Wino. Um, but but yeah, there's there's definitely two sides to him, and and like he's he's wanting to protect Laura when when they first go to, to tribal council in episode two, uh, because you know he, he thinks that she's got she's got a bit of fight in her. But then he voted her out, and I was like, what what is going on? It's, yeah, <laughs> there's a little bit of snake in him, a little bit of snake, there is. But, which you need. For so the good thing is, like, yes, there's a little bit of snake in there, but there are so many other snakes on this show that he, yeah, he's come across as the uh, quote unquote babyface of this show. <laughs> Should we go through them tribe by tribe and then and then do like notes for the fallen, or how do you want to do this? Well, yeah, um, yeah, it's something we probably should have thought about, but. <laughs> tribe by tribe. Yeah. Well, let's stick with let's stick with the contenders. Uh, probably the biggest snake. Uh, I mean, well, let's let's stay wrestling for a minute because Harry's a bit of a fucking snake too, isn't he? He is. He is. Um, is it? He's a self con- self confessed fan, not to the level of Andy, but he's a big fan of Survivor, and you can tell he's watched many uh, years of Survivor. Just the way he's he's playing the game. Uh, you know, making friends with all the right people and uh, trying to trying to control the votes from the side. Uh, he's not as good at it as Andy is, no. but he's he's definitely he's definitely one to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you get those big Survivor fans, they're the ones that you got to kind of watch. Um, Harry as well. Yeah, so both Harry and Andy, they're the two that sound like the biggest fans, other than the uh, the guy over the champions team. Um, Luke, the one that was the previous Survivor. Yeah, that's been on Survivor. And Pia on the Champions team is a big Survivor yeah, fan as well. Yeah, um, When yeah. you get the fans, because you got to kind of think that when you go on to these shows, like you'd sort of need to do your homework, right? It's like anything. like You sort of need to watch past seasons and just see like sneaky little tricks that you can play or little, um, you know, how to play the game. Do you play it balanced? Do you come out... Um, arrogant like uh, Mr. Fucking Bradbury, or do you come out? Um, <laughs> do you come out being a cheeky bastard like Luke, or do you come back? Do you come in reserved a little bit more like Baden or something like that, where it's a little bit more reserved? It's an interesting concept. Like you feel like if you haven't wa- ever watched the show, it's like I don't know. Like I think the fans usually do a little bit better than uh, the athletes and stuff like that because I think they seen everything that they can see. Uh, yeah, well, see, I don't know because I've because I've never really watched Survivor. I don't know how super fans go in the game or anything. But uh, from the podcasts I've been listening to, Andy may be the most successful. Uh, he may be the most successful super fan uh, in terms of challenges and what have you. Yeah. Uh, because normally the super fans are really good at the social game. This is what I'm gathering from other podcasts. The one that's been really helpful to me is uh, Brink of Reality with Ryan Brink. Apparently he's an Adelaide guy. I might have to talk to him and see if we can get him to come on and, and tell us a bit about Survivor because because we are newbies yeah. to this. But uh, but yeah, he uh, was saying that Andy like Andy's preparation for the the challenges has actually really paid off. Whereas most super fans aren't strong in that aspect of the game. Harry being a former pro wrestler, he's, he's a tough guy. Mm. Uh, he's, he's been quite good at the challenges as well, but I, I feel like 
honestly where Harry's excelling is in the social game where he's kind of playing the tribe. He's, he's sort of pulling the strings a little, but it feels like Andy's actually pulling his strings. It's a really good dynamic there where Andy's kind of this evil boss that no one knows is an evil boss. It's amazing. I'm enjoying it a lot. The dynamic there, because Harry's like the number two. He's like the, the, they're, they're the big snakes on the contender team. They're trying to control all the action. And, uh, and, Andy, I feel like Andy's just going to cut Harry at some point. Yeah. It's, it, like it'll all fall on Harry, even though it's all been Andy's grand design. Yeah, right. And because my two favorites, like personally, just like from enjoyment, are both uh, obviously Maddie and then John. He, well, yeah, you got to take Maddie out of it because obviously we're very yeah. biased but, but towards Maddie Wahlberg. But Maddie is fans, um, yeah. my <laughs> my projections for Maddie is just. Um, Last until they merge camps when they get to the merger part yeah. and then see how he fares in that. I think he'll survive up to there. Um, yeah. Well, I said, I said on Twitter that, that he and Luke have to survive until that point because they're building up a feud between oh. these two. And like, if I'm editing the TV show, I'm not building up a feud between them unless I'm going to pay it off. But that's the wrestling fan in me. Like, if you're yeah. building up a feud, you have to have a payoff at some point. So these two have to face off at a tribal council. Uh, apparently, they do a thing called a swap where some members will swap teams yeah, to the other Yeah, side. I've seen that. I've sort of seen it because you look at, um, like, I'm on the wiki page right now and, and under it says original tribe. So I think, yeah, you do see uh, when they do move. So, so it could even be that there's going to be a swap yeah. and that's where Maddie and Luke will face off in a tribal council situation. Yeah. But, uh, I, man, I, I don't know. All I know is uh, that the contenders team is really strong. So strong, in fact, that we don't get to see them on TV. Enough. Yeah, and because, I mean, you know, one is a, you know, a, you know, you got one that's a wrestler and, you know, as much as we love wrestling, wrestling isn't a that much of a stardom in Australia. Uh, you got Sean, who is a, quote-unquote, not failed AFL star, but he was quite challenged in his career, way too many injuries, like he's already 31. He only got to play 98 games over like seven seasons. So he's not really in the same AFL um, conversation as, um, you know, like he's not a superstar or anything, so he's on a contenders. Uh, But there's there's not many egos on this team other than maybe Andy. No, they've come together yeah. really strong as a yeah. team. And I think John is a big, big part of that. John's like the morale yeah. guy, right? Like John's John's just a funny dude. Like he's the mullet man, which when, when I talked about the trailer on the podcast, I was like, that mullet guy, can we get him booked in Coliseum? Like, can we get well, him into PWX? That, that mullet guy's fucking well, amazing. I was, thinking, I was actually thinking of it the other day with uh, with Luke, uh, Mr. Mysterious. If you're listening to this, mate, can you speak to somebody over at uh, – New Horizons, get Luke trained up. He's only 32. He can train up as a wrestler. <laughs> he can like do it. Him and, him and Matty Warburg would be great on the Australian scene somehow. No, um, Oh, man, it's a money and, match. It's or a John, money match. And John lives in it. Western Australia too. So, look, they're both Western Australian guys. <laughs> EPW, New Horizon, you know. I thought John was from Melbourne. Didn't he say he's from uh, from, from um, He might be living there now. Uh, just looking at his profile, he's born in Kalgoorlie. So, there you go. I thought he's fly in, fly out, like because he, he does the gold. Oh, that's lines. right. There you go. Yeah. But 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 he, I, I'm pretty sure when he got pulled over to the champion side for that's the hot right, chocolates, yes. yeah, which which is a big thing. Like the champions seem to like John as well. So if if John makes it to the point where there's a merge, you know, John's playing a strong game because he's yeah. got ties over on the other side now yeah. as well. Um, 
and him bringing back the marshmallow for Sarah. Oh, oh God. What, what a good, what a good man. Um, sure, yeah. sure. He seems like a genuinely yeah. good dude. Um, yeah, and absolutely. I think the Sean guy is an idiot. Um, he, he's, I can't believe he fell for the, I mean, you wouldn't think it would happen to you, but he fell for the fake idol. I was like, oh, God. Well, you didn't have time to no, look true, at it. You're yeah. trying to swap so no one else but sees. He's screwed. He got he got well and truly screwed oh. by by that by that fellow on the other team, uh, David. But it, it, it Sean Sean hasn't really rubbed me either way. And and this is the thing, like I I don't I don't feel as much connection to a lot of the contenders. Well, not connection. Like I definitely feel like uh, you know they've they've given us a bit of Baden's story. They've given yeah. us a bit of Sarah's story. But uh, who's Sam? Who's Hannah? Yeah, Who's Casey? I, I haven't like, got much in, No idea. I haven't got with much of the girls yet on the... Uh, well, because the thing is, the thing is they lose the challenge for yeah. the reward. So then we cut to the champions camp to see them enjoying their rewards. And then they they win the immunity challenge. So then we cut to the champions camp to see all the politicking and yeah. backstabbing. And, and the contenders are just playing cricket. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So uh, we we haven't really gotten too deep in. I, I feel like probably the next episode we'll probably see the contenders go to tribal council again. If they don't, man, like I, I, I rest in peace, Sam, Hannah, and Casey, because they're just not on the show ever. No, and like, um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, like you said, I don't know if it's part of their game plan. I mean, I mean, it doesn't look like it's part of their game plan, but they're not winning any of these. Uh, um, reward challenges. I don't know they're saving their uh, energy for the uh, for the elimination one later on. Like, I don't think that's no, the case. Like, no, I think I think they were playing for those fish and chips, oh, yeah. bro. But but that that fish and chips challenge was was rigged. Like you've got four, you've got pro NRL and oh, AFL even the, even the female AFL on the champions. The female team. AFL star. Um, my apologies, I forget her name. Um, is it Abby? Yeah, Abby. She. Yeah. Like she has a perfect kick on her. I mean, she's a professional, fantastic. Uh, like that was, yeah, like you said, she's the first, the first woman to make a hundred, hundred yeah. kicks. Uh, you got, and you got yeah. Simon, who's a former AFL player. I mean, you like, and ET is a former NRL player, which basically, you know, NRL guys can kick the ball the same way. I'm like, I'm like, come exactly. on, exactly. Like it was, that was, that was unfair. It was a completely unfair yeah. challenge. Um, uh, you do have, you do have uh, Sean on the contenders team. Uh, but from what I hear from some friends who were watching at the same time, and I'm texting them and stuff, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, no, he was never a good kicker, though." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, well, this isn't fair." Well, yeah, he wasn't. I think it was so, John who kicked the only goal in that one for them. I think he's the only one that yeah, yeah, got a goal through. But yeah, but no, the the contenders team uh, they're really easy to rally behind. But it really is uh, it's it's John, Matt, Daisy, uh, Sarah, and Baden as yeah. underdogs, and then. Harry and Andy are the characters as, as sort of the snakes. You've got Sean floating in the middle and we know nothing about Sam, uh, Hannah or Casey. The one thing we do know about Casey makes me think she better be the next contender to go. Uh, and sorry for this, Casey, if you're listening, I doubt you are, but I, I want you to go because when you have a challenge where you're about to jump off a tower into water and you have someone who literally had to jump off a, and you know this and you had someone who had to jump off a roof into a rising tide as a tsunami in order to try to survive who lost her friend in that struggle and you are so afraid of heights that you're like i don't care about your ptsd i'm sitting this out 
and like didn't even have a conversation. Didn't even, and Sarah didn't push it either. Sarah didn't go, well, hang on, can I sit out? She didn't push it, uh, which I don't know if that's a strong point or a negative point because it lost them the challenge, but also it, she tried at least. She tried to face her fear, but this Casey chick. She's just like, oh no, I'm not doing this. I'm out. Sorry. When you yeah. know your teammate is is going to be heavily triggered by being in that oh. situation, like that's fucked up. And I hope you go. Yeah, home. No, the, yeah, I, I forgot all about that. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, that, I yeah, I was like, and I've come around. Like, I got I got audibly mad. I yelled at my TV. I'm like, why would you do that yeah. to her? And I, I'm coming. <laughs> Her friend died, dude. Uh, the other guy in the up. contenders team that I'm turning around on is Baden. First episode when it was the first and second episode, <laughs> the first time that the contender, uh, first and only time that the contenders, second when episode, the contenders went to the second team. episode, the first time contenders. I was they're going. Surely Baden's going to go. Like, what can he attribute to any challenges? Like, this guy is literally the weakest guy. He's a smart, he's smart dude, though. He's, he's a smart, smart dude. And they have puzzles. They have puzzles. Speed. He's yeah. got. He's got brains, and I'm like. Ah, so like the last couple of challenges, but yeah, like he's, when the puzzle came up, I'm like, ah, I'm like, okay, this is where he comes in. And, um, yeah, because he smashed that yeah. puzzle out. And, um, and Maddie you know? actually told me, um, yeah. you know, the physical challenge is one thing, but there's a mental strength to this. And, you know, if you've got, if you got brains, yeah. so Baden's, and he's the youngest on the team. He's only 23, that kid. So, um, yeah, he's got guts. But do you want to talk champions at all? Yeah, let's talk champions, man. Let's run down the champions team. We've got a few less of them to talk about now <laughs> and a few more of them to talk about in the in the the uh, tribute to the Fallen. But uh, we've got uh, – let's start with my personal favorite uh, and the man who is feuding with Matty Wahlberg, and we hope that it comes down to these two, surely. We hope that, that, <laughs> that that's the case. Luke, Luke Toki, yeah. I think his name is. Uh, and, yeah, former, former Survivor yeah. player. Now, here's the thing with the champions team. Right, uh, I don't know uh, a lot about Australian culture. Apparently, uh, my my personal culture is anime, video games, pro wrestling, uh, and comic books. Like that's that's my version <laughs> of culture. Uh, so, so when it comes to Australian sports, like I had, I had no idea who Steve Bradbury was. I had to Google that shit. Like I have no idea who has been on former versions of Survivor. I don't know who these AFL players are. The only person. I knew was Janine from boost and, and the chick from looking for Alibrandi. Like yeah. that's going into this. They're the only people who were familiar to me at all. But, uh, but yeah, let's, let's talk the champions. Luke is very interesting. Oh yeah. He's, he's very, and um, I think there's a little bit of humble behind him too. Um, in the last episode, I think maybe, yeah, either episode four or five. Yeah, we saw it in the last one with the fish and yeah, chips. Yeah, yeah. they showed his I'm family. Like, I'm like, oh, that just reeled it all back in for me because that's just, that's just amazing. Yeah, so he, he has a, a kid that was born recently with, was it Bell's yeah, palsy? Yeah, and then both. Or was yeah, it cerebral palsy? first two kids have um, both have, have autism. autism. With, yeah. You know, 32 years old, that's, uh, you know, a lot to take on every day. Um and he's he's got such a character about him. Him and um, John just have such an Aussie character behind him. I love it. Um, yeah, they're they're the Aussie yeah. larrikins. That's what they they they're the larrikins. Uh, you, I don't want to say stereotype, but they are the larrikin stereotype. Uh, probably more so John, but Luke Luke has they've really shown that depth to Luke yeah. uh, because 
Uh, not that they haven't to John, like when John swam over to help Sarah and stuff, you know, mateship, he's, he's a very Aussie guy. He's very, but, but Luke, uh, the, the whole thing with his family, it just adds a whole new layer to, to the character being presented yeah. on the show. And, and it's, it's, it's hard not to root for the guy. The first episode, I was like, holy crap, there's a guy on this show who's an even bigger douchebag than Matty Wahlberg. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I was like, how is that even possible? He's like, survive a baby. Like, and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if I can watch this, but uh, I've really grown to, to to enjoy this dude. He's very good quality yeah, television. Absolutely. But um, in terms of the other guys, like um, there are two people on the champions team that um, let's say have meant a lot to me, but not really, you know, in a cele- in a celebrity kind of way, uh, both P and Miranda um, being in a, being an Italian from being a half Italian from Sydney um, looking for Alabrandi was my life. It's one of my one of my favorite Aussie movie of all time. <laughs> was she was she your childhood crush too? <laughs> she was one of my childhood crushes. I mean, she's a little bit. Uh, John John telling her that when he got pulled over, I thought that was a brilliant move. Like whether she actually was or not, yeah. that was a brilliant move because now if she's still there when they merge, you got a bit of a friendship there. I thought that was great. But yeah, uh, she's she like I said, she's one of the only people I I was familiar with going into the show. And I know they've been gunning for her because she doesn't bring a lot to the challenges, but she's small and compact. I mean, that uh, rope challenge that they did the other day, trying to get through the ropes, uh, she was gunning through that. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't think she's going to last too much longer, but I love Pia. Um, Abby, the AFL women's player, uh, she's fantastic. We said it before um, with her kicking in at in the in the other thing. I think she's I think she's a good favorite for the champions team. Um, yeah, yeah. She's actually, she's probably the one that I think is uh, looking at the field other than Luke. Uh, Luke, I want him to go all the way just because of my entertainment. But I do think in terms of uh, in terms of actual challenges yeah. and, and playing the game, I think Abby may may have have her, her path written to the towards the final because cause she's, uh, she's played very well. All the stuff that went down with Bradbury worked very well in her favor amongst the yeah. tribe. Uh, big time. Um, then you got David, the model. Um, he's turned out to be the new villain. Um, (laughs) yeah, well, he, he, he did the, did the switcheroo with the, the (laughs) idol. So the, they had an idol on one side of the camp. The champions have an idol that only the contenders can use. And the contenders have an idol that only the champions can use, but Janine doesn't want to give it up. She's the one that found it. She doesn't want to give it up yet. She doesn't trust Sean who has it on the contender side. And so David's like, just give me the paperwork. I'll make a fake one. He finds a skull somewhere in the bush and he makes a fake idol to swap off with the other team. Huge power oh, play. Huge. I reckon it, it it comes back to bite him. Yeah, though, I think it's going to bite. Um, I think it's going to bite Sean first. I think like, like they'll have like, they'll go to vote Sean out. I reckon either the next episode or two, the contenders lose, and they go to vote Sean out, and then he goes to say that he's got the other idol. He's got the idol or something, and because you know how uh, the host um, he asks all the time, you know. Does anyone have an idol to play? Yeah, if you have Oregon, an idol. he says, yeah. I've got an idol to play. And then he's like, that's a fake idol. <laughs> and then he gets he gets eliminated. Like, but then yeah. it comes back to bite. Well, they can play that for someone else too. Because I don't see Sean going to get voted out. But I can see him trying to play that idol to save Baden. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I can see that. 
potentially, or, or one of his other mates. I, I'm not sure who he's too close with because we haven't seen a lot of the contenders' yeah. politics because um, they've been winning the immunity. But yeah, just David doing that. I, I don't know. I reckon it'll come back to bite him. I reckon if there's a swap, uh, that's where it comes back to bite him. Because if, if there's a swap and he ends up over on the contenders' side of things and uh, they figure out that he's he's given them a dupe, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. Veto. And then the idol he has has no it can't work for him over on the contender side. So Yeah. That's how I would write it if I was writing the TV show. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know, I've I've kinda as well, him being the model, right? And he's like, Oh, people think that, you know, models are just getting by on their looks or whatever, and uh but but I have a lot to offer and I can I can play this game as well as anyone. And and he's he's doing well and he has he has made some big plays. But his biggest plays are flirting with the girls to get him to vote his way. Like, mate, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're using your looks <laughs> while saying I don't want to just be known as a guy that uses and my I'm sorry, looks. I, I'm sorry if I offend any models out there that are listening to this. I, I don't know if I know any models, but <laughs> I'm guessing that's the entire life of a model is playing sort of survivor games and flirting with people. Isn't that how you get to the top in modeling? Yeah, just just duping people. Duping people. Yeah, duping people and then also just flirting with people. But Riley's um, listening. Riley's in a similar field. She's... A, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. But in terms of the other guys, um, you got three, let's say, veteran sports stars uh, left. You got E.T., um, another guy that... He was my hero in the 90s. I fucking had posters of that guy all over my wall when See, I was a kid. I know E.T. Uh, as, as the fishing guy. Yeah, you know, the fishing guy. He's a Cronulla Sharks player. I'm a Cronulla Sharks fan. Um, and I've always loved E.T. Even my mum used to have a massive crush on E.T. back in the day. Um, he's he's still a bloody silver fox, 53 years old. He's, he's still killing it. Um, I'll tell you what, I, they showed the photos of him back in the, was it in the 90s, he said? And then yeah. they flew out Tina Turner and he's like coming out of the water yeah. and the beach. And I was just like, there's a good looking man there. That's, there's a good looking man in there. He is, he is, and uh, I'm not going to put put him. Uh, I'm not going to put it past him potentially not winning the show, but being one of the final champions because he's not as controversial as the other sports stars has been. Like he's not as controversial. No, he's he's been sort of sitting back and just watching a lot. Yeah, which is a smart and, move. Um, and his skills as a fisherman will come into play through the uh, show. Of, uh, I mean, they. They showed it maybe I think episode well, he two failed he won. failed the first time, he but failed the first Luke time, caught but... the fish. Yeah. Um then you got Ross, Ross Clark Jones, um former big wave surfer. I don't know a lot about him. I've been asking my uh my mate who's a you know budding surfer uh, about him. He's like, Yeah man, this guy's so freaking insane. Like he used to do like extreme surfer like waves. Yeah, well they've shown uh, some of it on the show. He's also the guy with the worst snoring in Australia. Oh fuck, how's that? <laughs> Surely, surely that's a ringtone for people already. Like, yeah. I said, it's a bit uh, ridiculous. Yeah. You set it up on on Matty Warburg's phone as his alarm to wake him up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and then as a yeah, and then you got uh, Simon Black, the uh, former AFL player. He's a bit of a dark horse. I think him and ET are both dark horses. He's I barely don't know. spoken. He hasn't spoken the entire fucking season. No, but he's he's very fucking athletic. He's, he's only forty. Ross and um, E.T. are both uh, 53. 
Yeah, um, but uh, Simon and ET, they're, they're, if, if champions keep losing immunity challenges, uh, Simon yeah. and ET are next to go. Uh, I think it'll go Simon first, then ET. Yeah. Because uh, the numbers have swayed. Because originally they came in with uh, let's let's go to our first note for the fallen, the last guy eliminated, Stephen. Oh, actually, no, we haven't talked about Janine yet. Janine's my pick on the champions team, man. Janine, oh. she's a fucking boss bitch. Oh, she is. Like, did you ever watch Shark Tank? She's she's the best on this. I, I, the I don't I don't know, I don't watch Australian television, man. You know this. Oh. The most Australian oh. television I watch is when when one of our Aussie wrestlers end up on something. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I. I, I fell in love with her on uh, Shark Tank. So Shark Tank's the, uh, you know, where budding um, businessmen come in and present ideas to five. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm familiar with them. Shark Tank because DDP, yeah. DDP was on the American Shark Tank. Right, yeah. Right? yeah. But I'm familiar yeah. with the concept. So, so she's but, on the Australian version of that, is she, as one of the investors? Yeah, because she's... She, she has... She has way too much of my money, let me tell you this, because she owns Booster Juice and she also owns Salsas. And I don't know if you know this, but Salsas is my favorite Mexican joint. Uh, so <laughs> she she gets way too much of my money. Uh, so I kind of oh. don't want her to win because she doesn't need the $500,000. She's already taken that from me uh, in providing me food and, and, and smoothies. But uh, yeah. she, you know, she doesn't need the money. But it, I, I think she's she's playing a real strong game. And she got trained by fucking military dudes to prepare her. Like, that's how much money she has. She's like, I'm going to fly in military, mm. like, commando secret force people to train me and prepare me for the island. That, that's next level preparation. Like, you think Andy was preparing for Survivor. She's got millions of dollars. Oh, she but she's also she's a kick ass she's a kick ass millionaire. There's one of you know, there's some of those millionaires and um billionaires in the world that there are some that are just really wanky and um, you know, stick in their in their high towers. And then you get people like Janine and uh I like the guy that um owns the Dallas Mavericks and he's on the American Shark Tank. No, Mark Cuban's a toss. Richard Branson. No. Richard Branson's yeah, and- the one. Richard Branson's the one that's climbing yeah, the- mountains and shit. Mark Cuban's the one who's smoking a cigar going around in a limo to basketball games. No, fuck Mark Cuban off. You want to put Janine in the same category as 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 a as a um But Mark Cuban refuses to wear suits and I like that. Yeah, but, no, but, a lot and, of, but a lot of billionaires refuse to wear shoes. And I guess Mr. Like, Facebook, Mr. Facebook doesn't do it either. Yeah, see, Zuckerberg, yeah. Zuckerberg's a douchebag as well. No, uh, I love, I love Janine. Richard She's Branson that. is is the best billionaire. He's my he's my yeah. billionaire goals virgin, right? Yeah. Um, but but no, Janine Janine she's she's pretty tough, man, and I'm I'm, oh, I'm enjoying finished. watching her play the game, and I think it's really smart that she's holding on to that idol until yeah. such a time as she because if they do do a swap. Right, and say you know uh, Pia or someone goes over there, she can be like, "Here, take this," and then yeah. Pia walks into Contenders Camp with secret fucking immunity that no one knows. Yeah, like yeah. I, I, I just think I, I think that there's there's so much uh, that Janine brings to the table. No, I was gonna say so. Not only is she like kick ass, but yeah, that businesswoman acumen that she has is going to be a huge. Huge advantage because yeah, she's going to know how to. I tell you what, though, if I have to hear her talk about, I I run Boost and I have to make negotiations every day, and I think this may be the biggest one. <laughs> if I have to hear that again, I tell you what, <laughs> those are the other ads that keep running, and they're not as annoying as the Bachelor ads, but the ads for Janine, and then at the end, there's just the Boost Juice logo, and it's like, was that an ad for Boost Juice, or are you just like trying to get everyone to love you? <laughs> oh, because she she would have. She would have made a deal before coming onto the show. Like, that's how smart she is. 
Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go on Survivor, but I want boost boost juice ads, uh, you know, for every, on every ad break. Um, you don't think she had to pay for them? Oh no, for, no way. I mean, she's. I think she already has sort of a contract with Channel Ten, so I think Channel Ten might have hmm. um, put in a little bit there. But man, she's 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 ridiculous. She's worth sixty six million. I was just reading up sixty six million dollars. She's That's a fucking crazy. board member of Mikey Hill Jewelers as well. So add that into a bloody thing. Of Holy which? Michael Hill Jewelers. Oh, Who wow. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, uh, she's doing really well. But the first note for The Fallen, right? First tribute to The Fallen. Stephen Bradbury. This guy came out fucking swinging with this uh, seven strong sporting alliance. Seven oh. athletes. We're going to control the game. How'd that work out for you, old mate? <laughs> oh, mate. He's the biggest fucking douche. Like, like you, you, I know you said you had to look him up. I, this is a guy that... Uh, 15 years ago, whatever, at a Winter Olympics, um, won a gold medal because three people in front of him stacked it, and he uh, and he skated on through. He was coming last by an extra lap, and the three guys ahead of him that were doing their feet, their skating race, whatever it was, um, it's one sport I don't understand. Um, right. <laughs> and anyway, the three guys, it's basically a running race, but on ice with you know skating. And the three guys were coming around to the finish and they all crashed kind of like a car race where they all crashed. And here comes Stephen Bradbury just flying behind him and he wins gold and everyone's like, just like the biggest Australian underdog story of all time. And like, anyway, yeah, he's a fucking douche. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, he, he did. He formed this alliance straight out the bat and just tried to dictate to everyone who uh, they were going to vote off, and yeah. uh, they got rid of Anastasia, who I have no idea what she is. Uh, uh, the Australian memory champion. I didn't really know much about her, but there you go. Uh, they got rid of. They got rid of Susie as well. Yeah, the, um, I thought Susie was going to last a little bit longer. She, I thought she was going to be a bit more on the Janine side of things. She's a famous marathon swimmer. I think she's swum. Like fucking the entire Pacific Ocean. Oh no! So shit. Susie was in the seven, wasn't she? She was the first of the seven to fall yeah. because because uh, the, David and uh, his whole group, David, Pia, and Luke, they convinced uh, and Janine. They convinced Ross and Abby to switch because Abby was like, "I don't want to be told who to vote for." Yeah, uh, which is you know good for her. And then Ross, Ross was <laughs> Ross was swayed with bananas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nova and her fucking banana rule. <laughs> One banana per day. <laughs> and then then Nova's elimination. I mean that was a uh that was a swerve because I think everyone Ah, I called it, man. I called it I was watching and I'm just like, I don't know Survivor that well, but I know everyone hates this Bradbury prick already. If you swing it and get them to all to vote for Nova instead, she's a strong player. You get her out of the way and then she doesn't have a chance to politic against you next week and, and give you you know extra time. Get rid of her now because Bradbury's a safe pick later anyway. Yeah. And and they did that and I was like, Yes, I would be good at Survivor. Except yeah. I would be awful at Survivor, just so they, in theory. So they got rid of their two political guys in the uh, um, in the athletes side of things. So really, the most um, uh, most political guy sort of to play that sort of game is going to be David and Janine. Like the rest aren't going to be, uh, and Luke. Luke's going to be obviously uh, playing the game every single week, but. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, so who's who's your favorite out of the champions to come out of? Man, is I it- don't know. It's like Luke is the most entertaining. Uh, Pia is my favorite uh, emotionally, like I because of her like her acting. Like I was, I was a fan uh, as a kid. Uh, and Janine, I just think she's a boss bitch, and I would not be surprised to see her yeah. win it at all. Uh, I'm I'm not opposed to to Abby or Ross. Uh, they're kind of middle of the pack to me, but uh, Simon, Andrew, and David, they got to go. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I think Luke, E.T., Janine, and Abby, I think they're the four that are left out of the champions that I could see either winning the show or being the last champion left. Um, yeah. They're the four. I don't see Ross last much longer. I think he was even asking for them to bloody vote him out the other day because he was just like, I'm the one that fucked up. So I think he might cop it. Pia, I can't see her lasting too much longer. Um, well, see, I don't know enough about the structure of the game. When do they swap? When do they merge? When do these things happen? Do they happen randomly? Because uh, at this point, like, at, at the rate it's going, if champions keep losing, they're, they're screwed. You're not going to get a champion win because then when they merge, the contenders are just going to you know, get rid of the, the rest of the champions and then, and then carry on and, and well, vote, vote amongst themselves. There's 18 left. And I think, um, I don't know whether it's the final 10 when they merge or maybe like 12, but see, the tricky thing is, yes, their teams are getting smaller, but they don't have to sit anyone out of any challenges. And yes, that burns them out, but the contenders, they sit three people out, but it's not allowed to be the same three people in the, uh, they set three people out of the, or yeah, next to show the guy set three people out of each challenge, the reward yeah. challenge, and then the immunity challenge. Um, and you don't cost- know what the immu- you don't know what the immunity challenge is going to be. So if if you sit someone out on the wrong challenge, you're fucked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that could come into play in the next show. I have a feeling the magic of TV. Yes, I know it's reality TV, but you know, um, with any TV, regardless if it's heavily scripted or if it's uh, reality, there is a little bit of uh, producer magic that happens. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, that there's a there's a brilliant show on Stan, if anyone ever watches it, it's called, oh, God, I can't think of the name. Unreal. 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 It is fantastic to watch before you watch any reality it's, show. Because- it's a piss take on The ba- the Bachelor, yeah. and it's it's basically about the people that make the show. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, very entertaining. But it's, that it's a- is also fiction, so... Yeah, but... <laughs> Grain but, of salt. But Yeah, but it's a it's a fucked up show mentally. Buddy teaches him, buddy, mentally. Uh, Drains yeah. you. Um, but yeah, so you think, you know, there are some sort of uh, production sort of uh, TV magic that plays in the background. I think... For TV purposes, somehow the champions get a win here. I don't know how they twist that or whatever. I think the champions get a win next time. I I think three in a row, sorry, three in a row would be too much. I think you can't, sorry, that would be four in a row. Sorry, my apologies. Four, it would the be four in a row would be to, too yeah. much. I think yeah, you've got to think contenders go to the council this time around. Yeah. You've got to think it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you're if you're one of the producers on the show, you're you're putting the weight on it. You're you're, you're rigging the challenge almost at this yeah. point because you've got to even things out a bit. Uh, so who do you think's next to go? Like we're going to get three more eliminations. Of course, the show airs Sunday, Tuesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It is. Yeah. So we're going to get three more eliminations. 
let's let's throw our picks out there, knowing nothing about the challenges, nothing about what's going to happen. I say the next three people to go in no particular order are Casey, David, and Simon. So I think we're going to get one more contender gone and two champions gone. Okay. Yeah, that's my thinking. Two contenders, one champion. And I think, yeah, Casey is one of my ones. I think Daisy. Um, I know we haven't really seen a lot from her, but I think... Um, oh, man, Daisy's playing a good game. Everyone likes Daisy, and yeah. she's kind of one of the leaders of the tribe, so I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, or even maybe, yeah, Sam. And then, yeah, I, I agree with you over David. I think David... Actually, I'm going to throw another one. I think Ross potentially might get his... Um, get his wish. Go yeah, home. I, th- I think Ross might, Ross might bail us. I think I'm going to go with Ross... Uh, look, go- in lo- look, look in long form, right? We both want Matty Wahlberg to win, obviously. So we got to take obviously, him out of discussion. Yeah. We got to take him out of discussion. He's our first pick to win. Who, who, from what you've seen so far, week one, who do you pick as the winner? Hart says Matty Wahlberg. Who does Brain say? Brain says, ooh. Brain says uh, two people, John, and the contenders, um, He's just got an Aussie mongrel. The good guy, guy never wins. The good guy never wins, surely. Yeah. I don't watch Survivor, but I can't imagine the good guy wins often. No, I think so, yeah, so John and I think Abby is a danger is a dark horse of the champion. I, I think Abby is a very dark horse. Um See at this point I'm looking at Janine as the, the winner, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, I know no one wants to hear that because the prize is five hundred thousand dollars. I assume she'll give it to charity or something. Yeah, or, or or it comes down to Janine and Sarah, and Janine wins but gives the money to Sarah, something like that, you know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> some, I, something feel good, but I I I feel I feel like it's Janine's season, man. Yeah. Uh, as much as I want it to be Maddie Hart says Maddie Wahlberg, of course, but Janine's playing a strong game, and I'm 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 a fan of of, of her work. Yeah, my heart and her food. Yeah, my heart says Maddie or Et because if Maddie gets eliminated, Et is my uh, you know, next next favorite human being on the show. So either one of those two, but. Yeah. He's done nothing for me. Yeah. He's done no- I mean obviously I know nothing going into the show, but he's done nothing for me. But that's that's enough that, that does it for Survivor Chat this week, man. We're going to do it again next week. We're not going to have a Maddie Wahlberg interview next week. Uh <laughs> because we've done that already. But, you know, uh this is this get is a Harry uh, interview. We get a Harry interview. Plus, get a Yeah, I will. Actually, you know what? I'll 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 reach out to Harry Avalon and see if I can I can get Harry on. It's uh it's a whole process, but uh we'll we'll see what we can do. Now, uh where can people find you online, big boy? Uh, B plus underscore big boy. You can talk Survivor. You can talk Bachelor, whatever. Boom. <laughs> we will, I, I'm putting this out there right now. The B plus podcast network will never, ever host a Bachelor podcast. You can take that to the bank. Okay. That's money in the bank. And, and this is, of course, this is a wrestling podcast talking Survivor um, so it's probably what, what it's about, not good for. What I feel about, like this hasn't. What about, like a wrestler, a, what about if a wrestler becomes a bachelor or a bachelorette one day? Well, then, okay, yeah, I shouldn't have said that, should I? All right, fair, fair call, fair call. If 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 Matty Wahlberg's the next bachelor, <laughs> or if if Jackson Kelly or Will Kiedis get the call up, uh, then sure. But what about no, one of the girls? Uh, what, what about one of the girls? They, they could become bachelorette. I'm I'm really worried. I'm really worried with this uh, podcast that that. 
We don't know enough about Survivor for Survivor fans to listen, and we didn't talk enough about wrestling for wrestling fans to listen. <laughs> so I don't know how this is going to go, but you can find me at Greg Unchained on Twitter, at the Greg Unchained on Instagram. We collectively are the B Plus Wrestling on Twitter. B Plus Wrestle on Twitter because wrestling would have fit the B Plus Wrestling everywhere else. Like, share, subscribe, five-star review if you like what we do, and thank you so much for listening. <laughs>